Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, beautiful people. You've got Michaela here with you today, and I'm ever so excited to introduce you to my special guest, Rebecca Gadd from Sprout Business and Wellness Coaching. Now, I've invited Beck onto today's episode to tell us about all things profit first. Now, I'm going to let Beck tell you all the nitty gritty about it, but I wanted to start by saying that I read Profit First about three years ago and it totally changed the way I manage my business finances and my life. And I'm not being overly dramatic there as most recently it actually allowed me to take the time off I needed when I got really sick and to continue to pay myself a wage and Like that was a big thing because I could pay myself both while I was sick and doing no work at all. And also while I was slowly and gradually returning to work. And I honestly believe that without the profit first model, like I just wouldn't have had those structures in place to be able to do that. So I am a massive fan about profit first. And you've probably even heard me mention it a number of times before on this podcast. So I'm very excited. Anyway, enough about me. I'm now going to hand you over to Beck so she can tell us a bit about herself and what she does. Thank you, Michaela. I am super excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me along. Um, so my name is Beck Gad and I live in a border community called Aubrey-Wodonga um, on the New South Wales and Victoria border. I am originally a farm girl. I grew up in Koryong on a beef cattle farm. And I remember from a very, very young age, my mum used to drag me into the computer. And I think it was QuickBooks or something along those lines way, <laughs> way, way back in the day. And I'd start punching in numbers. I'd experiment with this accounting platform that she was doing. They just started going digital with their accounting platforms back in this, in this time. And I think that's where I kind of got my love of numbers and understanding what goes on in a small business. Um, Fast forward through high school, um, I ended up moving to Western Australia in 2006 um, after spending a few years working as a finance broker in Albury for a small family-run business, which was just an amazing um, experience in that it really set me up with some fantastic values and foundations to go forth with in the world. And my time in Western Australia was well spent working for, uh, I tried corporate didn't like corporate. I much prefer the little guys. I do prefer the closer-knit um, feel and culture that you have of a small business and their workplaces and their work ethic. Mm-hmm. And continue my journey in uh, financial control, banking and treasury, um, small business administration, bookkeeping and compliance work. In 2013, um, I had been working on a part-time basis for a local physiotherapist who was actually also a friend at the time. And our friendship had kind of dissolved a little bit in that I didn't agree with the way that he was running the business, the culture of the workplace, lots and lots of things that were going on um, in that environment made me think I have got so much more to offer than what's being used here, than what than what I'm able to do here for this person. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own business. And I'm actually going to go out and I'm going to do this amazing work that I do for this guy that is unappreciated 
for as many small businesses as I can. So in 2013, um, meticulously managed bookkeeping services was born. <laughs> and I tell you what, it's a bookkeeper's dream. Anybody who's a bookkeeper who may be listening, you know that we love our numbers to be in order. So meticulously managed, it was brilliant. It served me so well. And the other reason I wanted to have this business was because my husband um, was a FIFO worker. So he'd be on a four-in-one roster or a three-in-one roster. He'd be away for three weeks and then home for a week. And I wanted that work-life balance so that I had the flexibility to take the week off when he was home to go off and do husband and wife things. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in about 2016, 2015, 2016, we actually fell victim to the FIFO life, if you like, and I got very tired of being a FIFO wife. So we, um, we called that quits. The business... Because of the way that I had set it up, systemization, the, the foundation, it had continued to run itself during the time that um, I went through the marriage breakdown, um, the grieving process, the trying to work out who I was. And over the next couple of years, I made the decision to move back to Aubrey-Wodonga after having been in Western Australia for 12 years. Um, I had two team members. On who were basically running the business for me while I was doing my interstate move and finding my feet and getting settled here, um, back here in Wodonga in, in 2018. And there was, um, you know, things were looking really good. And I thought, you know, this, this, is, this is going great guns. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to, to uni. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, start working into, you know, how to fortify and set up your business so that it's resilient when you go through a life crisis, for example, a marriage breakdown. You know, so I had the team members, I had the automation, you know, I had all the platforms, I had everything set up, the clients were on direct debit, it was system, it was just beautifully, beautifully documented. And I thought, I'm off to off to uni, I'm going to go and start filling some gaps in my knowledge so I feel confident enough to go forth and start offering my clients more because I knew that I wanted to give more to my client bank. And I remember... The day that uni started, um, I was sitting down going through my timetable and my practice manager rang and said, Lahani has quit and she was our key bookkeeper. She was the girl that did all of the technical work. She got in there and she did all of the processing. Um, Nicole managed the practice, if you like, and onboarded the new clients and did the compliance work and um, Lahani quit. So basically, I got dragged back into the business and it was really, really tough because I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Mm. So I I knew that my purpose was bigger and because I was being pulled back into the tools, so to speak, I felt um, really frustrating, really, really frustrating because it wasn't work that I was enjoying anymore. I knew that that there was that thing that I needed to be focusing on that was bigger than just doing the bookkeeping work. Um, and through a series of events, I uh, had to let my practice manager go because in that era was when, um, so I'm a zero gold partner. I've been using the platform ever since I started my business in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most efficient cloud accounting packages out there. And there was so much hype and hustle about, you know, getting virtual, getting remote, getting automated, getting um, machine learning happening so that you could, two scenarios, serve more people make more money or create more time and money freedom. Yep. The other thing that came along with that that people didn't really talk about was disconnection. So my practice manager, Nicole, she works from a home office on the other side of the country. Mm -hmm. She was nowhere near me at the time. 
And, you know, for somebody who suffers anxiety or social anxiety, she didn't go out much anyway. So when you have a job that you don't even have to have a shower for, you can sit and, you know, work in your PJs, it doesn't do much for the part of you as a human that needs connection and that needs to be surrounded by other people. So humans need humans. We need to be, we need hugs. <laughs> like we need to be with our people. Yeah. And um, so the increasing isolation, like she only ever had to go out to groceries and she was home all the time. Um, her anxiety got worse and her depression got worse and it started to flow through. And I just thought, I cannot be responsible for this anymore. I cannot be responsible for somebody else's happiness. Um, I'm constantly dragged back into six things and I'm paying myself 500 bucks a week, mm. like just so that she had a full-time wage. And I'm just like, I'm making all of these sacrifices and I had forgotten that this business was meant to be about me. It was meant to be about serving the life that I wanted to live, not somebody else. It was just, I was almost like an employee again. Yeah. You know how they say sometimes you go off and you work for someone else and you achieve somebody else's dream. That's kind of how I felt. The business was there and it was serving her. Um, so I made the really, really tough decision to let her go for her own mental well-being, and I downsized the portfolio to just those clients who were in a bit of a niche industry, the women in business. The, us girls love to get it done. Yeah. So they're always much easier to work with. We're so much more proactive, and it's not like we don't have to be told or asked things 50 million times before we do them. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, it's, it's fact of life. So I downsized the portfolio and just focused on working with um, the women who were already on board and really, really focused on that key concept of, you know, businesses being about us, but if we're not at our best, we needed to actually um, stop and take a closer look at that. We need to make sure that we're looking after ourselves, that we were nourishing ourselves so that we could be our best in our businesses. And at the end of 2018, 2019, um, I got brave and I went on a Tinder date. <laughs> <laughs> I got really brave and I hopped on Tinder. Oh, goodness me. Somebody told me a long time ago that I wouldn't. I'm just I'm not doing online dating. I, I online dated and God, do I regret it. <laughs> but, but it was a catalyst. It was a, um, it was a wake-up call mm-hmm. after that because I realised coming out of that, um, that I did not like the person that I was. I didn't know who I was. I didn't recognise this angry, anxious, needy person. And I thought something has to change. Mm-hmm. I need to evolve. I need to be a different person in order to live the life that I want to live. And so I went and got a life coach. Um, I got a pair of life coaches, actually. Um, the girls were they're amazing, amazing girls. So performance coach and I like to think of the other one as an emotional coach. She was just this beautiful, warm, kind, safe space. Whereas the other one, she had the iron boots. And I got really curious about, you know, the work that I was doing with them. And I continued the journey after our, our 12 week intensive, learning more about me and more about behavioral science and, you know, what it is to be a human in business, trying to get something to work for you. Um, and then we sort of came up to, I think it was December 19 when we had the whispers of COVID over in China. There was some funky virus that was starting to infect everybody and then the bushfires hit. And I was still banging my head against a brick wall with this business. I still hadn't, you know, I was constantly feast to famine cycles. 
So the direct debits would come in um, from all my clients and then I'd be sort of almost feeling like I was scrimping and saving by the time the next month came around. And I was just tired, you know, tired of constantly fighting to keep this business alive. And then the bushfires hit and my own mental health, it took a took a bit of a dive and I had to let go a really big client that I was so excited to have been onboarded and I realised that I just didn't have the heart. I didn't have the capacity. Um, I didn't have the belief in myself anymore that I was actually able to look after her. I couldn't serve mm. um, because of my own mental health and just the, the, the state of the world at the time. So I very sadly had to let her go and I had to sort of sit and say, okay, well, what do I do now? Like, you know, I'm failing at being a small business owner. Um, my cash flow sucks. I was struggling to pay myself. What do I do now? Do I give up? Um, and the bushfires hit as well here in northeast Victoria and half of the country and took out the family farm, most of the family farm. They saved the house, um, which was nice, but it was still a very, very traumatic experience, you know, getting up every morning and it's just smoke and ash and it was mm. yeah, pretty, pretty horrific. Um, and then I looked over at my bookshelf and I, and I bought this book, Profit First, and Laura, who's the CEO of Australia, she's just like we hear it all the time, you buy the book and it sits in the bookshelf for six months, 12 months, and then you decide something happens and you're going to have a read. <laughs> so I had a read. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a crack. What have I got to lose? Nothing more. I already felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel. I thought, okay, well, what have I, what have I got to lose by having a go at implementing this system that is orderly, that is logical, mm. and systems have always supported me in the past. Yes. One thing I didn't mention, I'll just interrupt you for two seconds at the start mm. of this, is Beck is also a tech and automation geek. So, you know, I, I just get even more super excited when I talk to her. Oh, we can, we can go there too if you like. Oh, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Oh, that's a series actually. <laughs> anyway, sorry, interrupted you. Mm. No, that's okay. I was trying not to talk about the systems too much because I'm like, no, I, I, need, I, need to, I need to tell you guys about proper birds. And um, so I thought, yep. Let's, let's have a go at this. So the first thing, um, one of the first things that you do with Profit First is your bank account. Okay. The whole idea of Profit First is to, well, for me, is to give your money a purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, this, this is why we have um, bank accounts for income. We have bank accounts for your operating expenses. We have bank accounts for your tax. There are bank accounts for profit and there are bank accounts for us, owners pay. Okay, so I decided to actually change banks altogether because in making your money management more efficient, you don't want to be wasting money. So I wasn't going to pay the ANZ $10 a month per account. Yeah. So I gave them the flick and I went and signed up with the NAB. Um, I have one debit card and that's attached to my operating expenses account. And there are, there are international bank fees, but you can't avoid those full stops. So I got the system up and running. I got my bank account set up, um, COVID hit, and then the cash flow boost started coming in, the JobKeeper support payments started coming in, and I funneled all of those funds down through my profit first structure. I did. And 
Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't need it immediately, did I? Yep. So, I mean, cheeky, some people are just like, I had to say, no, Mark, you cannot go and buy a caravan with that. <laughs> <laughs> no boats, no caravans. <laughs> I'm like, you can buy a new car if you like, that's fine, as long as it's commercial, no caravans. <laughs> oh, goodness me. And um, look, in having done that, in having given all of that money a purpose, by following my allocation system, by popping that money into the bank account, following this process, um, I was able to build buffers, mm. little cushions of cash there so that, like you, when you fell ill, your business was still able to pay you. Mm. Um, and even though I wrote off half of my fees last year, my business is still able to pay me 18 months later. Um, so having that system in place actually saved my business. And if I hadn't have implemented it and all of that money had come in, I don't know what I would have spent it on. I'm exactly the same. Like yeah. if, I, if I hadn't had profit first and all that money wouldn't have come in, uh, all that money came in, then, yeah, I, I probably would have spent it on a caravan. <laughs> and then, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had the security, the financial security to give myself the time and space to be unwell and to recover. Exactly. And I think that was one of the biggest things too is, you know, when we're sick, um, it takes a lot of energy to try and stay well enough to work. Mm. So I can imagine that, you know, having those reserves for you gave you the emotional peace that you needed to actually heal and get better. Absolutely. yeah, because one of the biggest things I noticed um, about 12 months ago is that I felt lighter. I had this mind freedom around money and it was like I had rabbits in my bank account. I'm like, where's this money coming from? <laughs> it was just, and, and, I, and when I, I, did, I did a bash last year and I'm just like, I've got a tax bill. I've got an income tax installment to pay. I was so excited because it meant that my business was profitable. It meant yeah. that I was making money. You know, paying tax got to happen. If yeah. you want a profitable business, you're going to pay tax. So that's what your tax account's for. How <laughs> awesome is it getting your tax bill and then going, I could pay that right now if I wanted to? 100%. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. And how awesome is it when, little brag, my accountant did my figures, my had carried forward losses, I didn't get a tax bill for the end of the financial year, so they refunded all those installments. <laughs> so I, I know, right? It's like, oh, wow, I got a tax refund after all. Like, you know, it was, it was fantastic, but the money was there. So yeah, I was like, you know, it, I just I wasn't stressed about it. I wasn't just, oh, how am I going to pay my back? How am I going to pay my tax bill? Like, you know, how am I going to pay wages? Because the money was there, mm. you know, because as it came in, I broke it down into its percentages and I gave it all a purpose. You know, that's your job. And it's really, really interesting knowing what I know from human behaviour, like, and Mike McCullowitz, the author of Profit First, refers to this as the bank balance accounting. Mm. Like, we more often than not will pick up our phone. Oh, you know, I've got, I've got 15 grand in the bank account. I'm going to go and, and buy that $5,000 coaching course. But not realizing that you might actually need that five grand to pay your back next quarter. And because it's in that bank account, you haven't actually stopped and thought ahead. You've instinctively reacted based on the balance that was in that account. 
So what you do is essentially you hide that money from yourself so that you don't spend it. So it's behavioural. It comes down to actually knowing that, okay, as a small business owner, I have responsibilities. I have compliance obligations. I have to pay tax. I have to pay staff wages. Um, but I also have to pay me. So it's prudent that you put that money aside and you hide it from yourself because a bit of a, a euphemism I like to, to, I think that's the word, um, they refer to is um, the smaller plates method. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, I talked about the plates. Okay. Um, I had a workshop ready to go um, in a couple of weeks here, but unfortunately I've had to postpone it because both states are in lockdown at the moment from the COVID. And essentially what happens is, you know, you're at a buffet or you're out to dinner and you get this massive big bowl of pasta. Like, you know, you've got this beautiful big meal and you sit there and you, you consume it all. Parkinson's law, you consume within your means. You consume all of the resources that are available to you. If you stopped and thought about it for a little while, it's just like, okay, well, you know, what if you actually wanted some of that for later? What if you needed some of that food? Like, say if you needed to, to put it away for later, for leftovers for lunch tomorrow or something like that, but you've just gone and eaten it all, there's none left for later. And there's nothing you can actually do about that. So instead of consuming everything that's on the plate, you portion it out onto a smaller plate mm. and you put other amounts into other areas so you are literally saving some for later and then from that smaller place you have to stop and think okay well this is actually all I really need I don't need to consume everything that's on that big plate I just need what's on this little plate and that's representative of your bank account Mm -hmm. okay so we'll we'll talk about the operating expenses account the OPEX account Um, one of the funnest things I'll, I'll say fun. Fun will do. Um, I don't know when, when I implemented this is we basically need to go through an audit. Your buckets and the holes in your buckets, where all your money's going. You do an expense review. Yep. And I had so many systems and things that I was paying for that I didn't really use. Mm. So it was wasteful. Um, so it was kind of akin to, to putting my operating expenses um, on a diet. If you're like, we're going to strip it out, we're going to lean you out. It's almost like going back to bootstrapping. So what expenses here are necessary? What expenses are nice? Um, and what are negotiable? So the necessary expenses um, obviously are going to be utilities and rates, software subscriptions that you have to have to run your business. Nice things might be Audible, Spotify, things that they're nice to have, but they're not truly necessary. Yeah. And when you sit down and you go through this exercise, you are guaranteed to at least pull 10% of your OPEX out. And then you have the ability with that 10% worth of funds somewhere else to use in your business. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can give yourself that extra 10%. You can put that 10% towards tax if you have trouble paying tax. So it's about really creating, um, as they say, a lean, mean money-making machine. And you don't want wastage because you need to give your money a purpose. It all needs to have a job. And ultimately, the way that I love to to bring it forward is that your business's job, its purpose is to pay you what you need to live your life by design. It's there to serve you. So you don't want wastage in there. Like you can spend your money however you like on all of the lovely things, but your business 
is there to serve you. I absolutely love that. And I think that's one thing that, you know, as business owners, especially those starting out or in the early years of their business, we -hmm. forget that. It's like we serve the business. We work our butts off for very little return, financial return out of them. Exactly. And it's, it's one of the reasons I think that after having implemented Profit First, Um, I approached Laura, who's the CEO for Profit First Australia, um, to get started on becoming certified. And it's a process. They don't don't just allow anybody Mm -hmm. to go over to get certified um, and you get tested and you get drilled. And it was a brilliant experience Um, because now knowing what I know, having implemented the system and the life that I've lived around the business and what's happened in the last couple of years, I'm in a position where I can help women realise that, Mm. that your business needs to be fit. Your mindset needs to be fit so that you can have the right money mindset around the money that's in your business. But that's where my title as a business wellness coach actually comes from. So I coach you in mindset strategies and money strategies that focus on your business achieving your life goals. Your business has its own set of goals, but they're micro goals. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, its goal is to pay you that six figures, if that's what you want to go with. Let's be conservative, five, five, five for me. Um, amount, right? So that, that's, that's where I've started working and that's where I've found that I feel most rewarded. Because for me, it's not just monetary anymore either. Like I've got mind freedom and time freedom because I implemented this system. And that has allowed me to really sit and reflect on my journey and how I can help other women in their journeys as small business owners. Hmm. And I, I just, I love your journey. Like I love the story that you tell and how, um, you know, how it got you to where you are now. Because I think, like, that's what so much, so many of us go through. You know, okay. I've been through mm-hmm. massive separation with children. You, the, there's the parents getting older. There's the bad health. There's all of that yep. stuff. And it's, yep. it's so, yeah, I just, I think it's so fantastic to have someone who's focused on finance, who has been through all of that, who knows all of that, who understands all of that and who's yeah. found a system that just can give you the the confidence and the peace of mind to continue in your business because, you know, a lot of, and, I mean, you probably felt this too, when times get tough in your business, you're like, hmm, maybe I'll flip through the job ads, you know. <laughs> it would be so much easier. Oh, I did that. Way. I did that. <laughs> I did do that. Like, this is too hard. I want someone else to pay me. Exactly. And look, in all honesty, I did it. I applied for a couple of jobs and I was just like, it's a small town here, Albu Wodonga. Like, they they dub it Smallbury, okay, because there's not even two degrees of separation. And I thought, I'm going to actually be really careful what I apply for here in case people are a little bit, you know, chatty and they start saying, oh, you know, Beth actually applied for a job. What's the deal with her business type thing? So, yeah, that was, um, but we do. It's like, it's just, and that, 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 that's a BFO. That's your subconscious or your heart or your soul telling you that stop, 
something's not serving you, something's not working for you. Mm. So let's take action to fix it. It gives you that little bit of insight that gives you a kick in the bum and you're just like, you know what, this, this just doesn't work for me anymore. It's just like today, like I, I said to you earlier, I sacked a client. Mm. It crossed my boundaries and I'm just like, I'm sorry, but that does not float my boat. This, yeah. this is not how I operate. I don't bend my rules. Yeah. This is, yeah, and it's about, you know, this is my business and I know I want to go to bed every night so I'm content and fulfilled. Mm. And, you know, if it is, um, you know, the economic downturn, if it is tight, if I do have to cut my fees, um, I know that my business has my back because all of the bonus money that's come up as a result of implementing profit first has enabled me to build a war chest, if you like, which is what you've experienced. And that's what I call it, is a war chest, is that there was enough money squirreled away, there was enough money in your buffers, in your vault, for your business to continue operating without the same level of income that it has experienced previously. Mm. Because it's based on percentages. You know, sometimes you've got rip a month, like you're 15, $20,000 a month, and then all of a sudden you're down to five. Those bumper months that you had, it all comes down the wash. It all evens out. Mm. And the most, the most important thing um, that I learned with Profit First is, you know, coming from my story and you hear that I was very systems-driven with the checklist and all of that sort of thing. And I'm sure that one of your listeners could tell me what kind of personality type that is <laughs> <laughs> or which one I identify with. I'm sure I've got plenty. Um, is that it's not, it's not like a, a system or a software. It's a way of doing things. Yes. It's behavioural and it's very, very much to do with your mindset and it's behavioural. That's it. You don't need to be tech savvy, you know. No, not at all. Because a lot of my clients, when we look at setting up things for them, it's like, oh, I'm not tech savvy. That's the biggest fear. But profit first, if you can read a book and open mm-hmm. a bank account and ideally do internet banking, you're set. That's all you need. Yep. And yep, I love, absolutely. like, I am not a numbers person. Like, hate maths. Whole way through. <laughs> High school, maths was the bane of my, <gasps> you know, oh, no. still avoid it like the plague every chance I get. Not a numbers person at all. And this, yet yeah, I love this system because it's so simple. And like you said, you can mm. tweak the percentages as things happen. You know, yep. oh, like for a moment, I, for a little while, last year or the year before I can't remember now it's all the blur once COVID hit everything kind of oh, got no. really blurry I'm pretty was it Christmas last week did I miss it but at one point I can't remember what happened but I just I turned off my profit account for two months and had the money go into expenses. I can't remember. I think I might have needed a new compute, a new laptop or something. Yeah. And I didn't want to take all the money out of the account and leave it skimped. So, yeah, I just turned off profit for yep. a couple of months and then just turned yep. it back on. And it was like yep. so easy. Exactly. Although I do have to say I did create my own spreadsheet template. So spreadsheets I don't mind. But numbers, otherwise. Actually, no. I'll show you a, a, a little secret. I actually really suck at Excel. Oh, do you? <laughs> I, I can make a Google sheet 
look like a beautiful word publisher document. I do love, I do love the pretty collateral, but I really suck at formulas and all of that sort of stuff. Oh, so, see, yeah, no. <laughs> I love that stuff. That yeah, that's right up nah. my alley. The formula. I was awesome oh, at chemistry. Hate maths. Couldn't do it. Oh, to my life. Chemistry. How does that work? I don't know. I think chemistry and computing because the algorithms and the formula yeah, okay. that you applied and got stuff out of. I think I could see. Like in chemistry, you add different chemicals together and while it's a formula, you still get something tangible out of it. And same with computers. The formulas give yep. you a computer program that does something, whereas yep. maths yep. is just maths. Yeah, they're just numbers. <laughs> it's like it's all hypothetical and like train A leaves the station, all that stuff. Oh, goodness me. Goodness me. I'll look at the timetable, the train timetable. Thank you. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to know basis. I mean, look, I do love that. Um I, I did I did a live with um the Profit Search group last week and I did mention like, you know, if you have read the book, it's a very generic way of doing it because there is no one size fits all. And I'm sure that you come across this when you're trying to find system solutions. For your customers there is no one product that is going to do every single little itty bitty thing that you need as an individual you might have a suite of services that are going to cover 70 percent of it yeah the thing with profit first is the book that's your generic version so you can get the book read through what you need to do take some action set your percentages up and see how they work for you but if you've got certain types of businesses that require higher wages and salaries, like IT is one of the industries we come across quite often where they've got ridiculous amounts of wages and salaries expenses. So your OPEX would have to be higher. The percentage mm-hmm. would need to be higher to accommodate for that. I run my OPEX expenses at 40% because my business is so heavily automated. I rely on software mm-hmm. and I use good software, so it's expensive. Yeah. Um, but it's still for me cheaper than having an employee on. Yeah. Okay. So once you've got an understanding of how profit first influences the way that you manage your money and the concept of giving your money a purpose, then you can look at your business and say, okay, well, how do I want to build this so that I'm getting the maximum return on investment? If you need to turn your profit off or if you need to take half of your profit and snowball some debt, start paying off a company car loan faster, do that. If that's what you need to do, then do that. It is flexible. Mm. You can actually tweak that so that it, it suits how you want to run your business. Yeah. No, it, it is, it's such a fantastic thing. And I think, I guess that's the point where, like, you can get the book and you can set up the accounts, but then you're going to find value in coming to someone like yourself, Mm -hmm. like a Mm -hmm. profit first professional to help you refine that and get it. Cause I mean, you know, I'm a massive tech geek and everything and I've been playing with my percentages and everything, but the conversation that you and I had um, a couple of weeks ago, you even gave me some information there and I'm like, Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I think I need to book him with Beck. Yeah. Because our training opens that up for us. So Profit First is going to work differently for you depending on what structure you run, whether you're a sole trader, Mm. whether you're in a partnership, whether you're in a company or whether you run a trust. 
because the tax implications are different for every single one of those. Yeah. Are you registered for GST? Are you not registered for GST? Are you a retailer? Do you need to make allowances for materials, cost of inventory, subcontractors? What percentage of that is of your total income? If it's of a certain percentage, we actually take that out. So you pay that first and it's prioritised. Mm. Its purpose, that account, its purpose is to buy your stock. That's your inventory. You have If you don't have the money for that, you've got nothing in a retail business. So it's looking at the industry, the industry that you're in. It's looking at the structure of your business and it's looking at your life goals. How much do you want to earn? Like, you know, where do you want to live? Do you want to travel? Do you want to work part-time? Do you want to have more staff on so you can just take dividends every year? Like, you know, what are your life goals? Mm. And this is what I say about it being intentional and purposeful is that you structure this into your business so your business gives you that. It gives you the life that you want. And look, it's like that. What's that hair ad? It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. (laughs) 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 It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. (laughs) Look, it's just, um, it's phenomenal. And you can take the system and you can run with it. Um, But I highly recommend that, look, you even just have a conversation with a certified profit first professional. We're the ones who have gone through, we are registered, we are backed by the founders of Profit First. Mm. We go through a fully three sessions a week with our Profit First family, constantly sharing information and ideas and growth and learning. It's a fabulous family to be a part of and we're specialists in what we do. Mm, That's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. One thing I just want to ask you too, in your opinion, you know how the book tells you to have your tax and your profit account at a separate bank? Yes. Do you do that? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So I'll I'll tell you my little sneaky secret. Laura, I hope you're not listening. (laughs) I hope that she will. So I banked with the ING. So I follow a bit of a barefoot investor program with my personal banking. And the whole idea of having bank number two. So bank number one is where you have your basic five account structure. And then bank number two is your secret squirrel account. Okay. So if you have read the book, you know that you do your allocations to your tax and your profit and you squirrel that away into bank number two so that you don't see it and you don't spend it. Bank number two should be as hard as possible to get that money out of so that you've got to stop and think twice about whether or not you really, really, really need that bright, shiny object that you're thinking of spending that secret squirrel money on. So ING, it took me three months to set up a business bank account. I thought, yep, gold. If it's going to be that hard to set up a bank account, imagine how hard it's going to be to get money out of it. (laughs) So I have a single bank account because their interest rate's brilliant. Mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant so my tax goes in there my profit goes in there it also holds the balance of my vault which is my business war chest mm-hmm. so any bonus money that comes my way that gets squirreled through into my vault and that's the money that's there for a rainy day so if I do you know have to cut my client base in half if something happens to me and I can't work um, then I have got funds there in addition to the buffers that are already running in my main bank account but mm-hmm. it's imperative that you have that second bank because as humans, if there's money in the bank, we're going to spend it. We're going to consume the resources that are available to us. 
and it's stealing. You can't have it. That's not its purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to admit that when I first started out with Profit First, I didn't didn't do it properly. I Mm -hmm. kind of did, you know, a sort of version of it because I just read the book, so that was it. That was like the sum total of resources (laughs) I had available to me. So, yeah, I I had combined my profit and tax, but I had it at the same bank. But then, like, I don't know, 18 months later, I think, I just went, okay, doing this properly and so I open them up two separate accounts at the separate bank and do it all properly now and I also um, signed up for the um, the spreadsheet that you get from Profit First Australia from their website that helps you work out your expenses I actually found that really really helpful that was a really great resource that they have and that's a free resource too um, anyone who wants to jump on and have a look at Profit First Australia um tell me a bit more about the vault you've mentioned it a few times like how how do you run your vault is it like do you call it your vault account or what yeah it's a a vault account it's a a bank account if you like but um for me it's a single ing account because the more money that's in there the more interest i earn on it and that's both money and that just continues to yeah snowball um so the vault account is your rainy day fund that's your wall chest so the goal I had was to have six months of funds in there. That there, if I had no revenue for six months, I had no income in my business, I could use the money that was in that vault account, operate as per normal. Six mm. months worth of directed wages. I run a company structure, so six months worth of my wages, six months worth of my car payments, the company car, mm-hmm. six months worth of software subscriptions and still be able to cover a tax bill. Okay. okay, so the vault, so you build the vault out to cover everything that will yep. go into your other accounts, essentially. Pretty much, yep. So that example where I told you earlier um, how, you know, I got really excited, geek out, on my income tax instalments, when yep. those quarterly instalments got refunded back to me, I was just like, oh, I'm going to pop that straight in the vault. That's bonus money. It mm. doesn't have, a, it had a purpose. And it was made redundant. So that's going in the vault. I could have taken it out and I could have gone and, I don't know, bought a new laptop or, you know, but you know what, I didn't actually, I don't actually need any, I don't need anything. Mm. That's the other thing too. Like, you know, what do you really need in your business for it to be efficient? If I have all of this stuff and you have all of these systems, nothing is simple anymore. And you spend so much time trying to manage all of that stuff and maintain all of that stuff that you're not actually doing the things that, you know, bring you fulfillment in your business. Mm -hmm. So any um, surplus funds, if you like, and because I didn't have a tax bill, because we bought through my carriage board losses, I still had a few thousand dollars in my tax provision account Mm -hmm. with ING. So that money's now gone over into the vault. Mm -hmm. My intention is to, once that's hit six months, anything that is surplus for me, this is still on purpose. I'm giving all of my money a job. Yep. I'm going to put a lump sum payment on the car loan and bring the debt down, shorten that term, awesome. make the business more financially sound. Yeah. yeah. I love the the phrase that you keep using, give your money a purpose. Absolutely. Like that That's just really resonating with me so much. Yeah. 
I really love that idea. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't think about money like that, do we? We just go. No, we don't. It comes in and it goes out and. But yeah, I think it's that resource that we just consume because it's there. We're not mindful about what we do for it. And it's we 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 don't become mindful or aware until it's gone. Yeah. It's just like, oh very, very true. (laughs) It's just like it's it's all gone. So you know, the guys that went out and bought speedboats and caravans with their cash flow boost, uh, where are you now? Like, you know, have you got evolved? How, have you, have you like, not, not to be like, you know, dismissive about it, but if you'd actually put that money away, nobody can tell the future. Nobody would have seen what COVID was going to do to the world or to our mm. country. You know, some industries are thriving and others have been decimated. Yeah. But it breaks my heart to see, you know, some of these businesses, if they had had a system like this, regardless of what they know now about COVID or about bushfires, if they had had a system like this implemented, it would have kept you going. You would have had a vault. You would have had a COVID war chest. Mm. Hindsight. But hindsight's a bitch. That's what they say. I say that hindsight is our teacher. And if I've learned anything, it's that it is never, never too late to implement something like this. It's never too late to switch your perspective and start being more intentional with what you're doing with your business and your money. Okay. So I, if they had, a, yeah, if they had have had that implemented, if the, even if they'd only been at it for three months, it might have given them another three months mm, of security before the next round of grants came in. Yep. No, that that makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I've been having so much fun on this call, with you, but. <laughs> We really need to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oops, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I love to chat about profit best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I could keep going, but, you know, like next time we'll do another one. Um, mm. So, Beck, tell us where our listeners can find you. Oh, okay. Um, my business is called Sprouts Business and Wellness Coaching. I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. The Facebook page is Sprouts Biz and you can spot me by a nice bright green leaf which is representative of new beginnings and new growth. Awesome. And, and what's your um, address? The website is sproutbiz.com.au. Awesome. So B-I-Z, sproutbiz.com.au. And if you come across me, my personal page on social media, you are more than welcome to hit me up with a DM. Wonderful. Okay. And... Just before we go, can you just give us one key takeaway that you would like people to take from this session? If there was just one thing you had to say about Profit First, what would it be? Open up one extra bank account, call it Profit, and put one cent of your income into that account. That account's purpose is to give you a bonus. For being the owner in business, start rewarding yourself for being a business owner instead of punishing yourself for where you're not at with your business right now. Oh my that's gosh, what I, that's I what I want your listeners that. to do. That's what you need to do. Yeah, no, I love that because I do have to say at the end of every quarter when I get to take half of my profit, it's like oh, so it's so much fun. Oh, gorge, it's like, oh my god, 
<laughs> I love it. It is, but seriously, it's about rewarding yourself. You have an owner's pay account under this structure and that's your, that's your regular wages. Yep. The profit account is a bonus. That's the warm and fuzzy and you use that to treat yourself. Yeah, yep. that's fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Ooh. Peck. You are most welcome. I've had an absolute blast. This has been oh. great. And for all our listeners, I highly recommend A, that you open up your profit account, like Beck suggested. But also, if you haven't already, get your hands on a copy of Profit First. It's actually a really easy read. It's kind of like, it's just like reading a story, really. Like it's, mm. you know, it's not a, oh, God, a finance book. It's actually fun. Oh, not at all. Enjoyable to read. Yeah. Otherwise, I guarantee you I wouldn't have read it. I would have, like, read the first chapter and that would have been it. So get your hands on a copy so you can learn all the goodness that there is to know about Profit First and, of course, paying yourself first. And then do what I'm going to do and get yourself a Profit First professional and have a (laughs) consultation with them to learn how to really tweak the system to work for Mm -hmm. your specific needs and your business. Yep. Um, if you did on that, Michaela, if you do head to profitfirstaustralia.com, we have a database of all of the certified professionals there. So if you're after a coach who's certified profit first professional, a certified BAS agent or a certified tax agent, there's a good bundle of us on there. So you can go in and just have a bit of a look and see who resonates with you and awesome. take a pick and be asked to put in touch. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Beck. And we will catch you all next time. Can't wait. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.